Hello, this is Drink the Music. A podcast where each week we listen to an album, make a cocktail, and have a chat about it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the music. Well, hello and welcome to volume five of Drink the Music. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. And Michaela, uh, last week we put to a vote. You know, we, we talked about Absolution by Muse. Uh, that was a little bit of a downer, uh, to be honest. We do love the album, but uh, the subject matter, a little, little tough. Uh, so we decided that we were going to put on our dancing shoes. Uh, we were going to pay honor uh, to some absolutely uh, fabulous uh, women of pop music. And we put to a vote, uh, Madonna versus Lady Gaga. Um, and, you know, I was I was kind of pulling for Lady Gaga, to be honest, to be honest. Um, but uh, one thing is definitely true, uh, undeniable, is that you don't get Lady Gaga if you don't get 1984's Madonna Like a Virgin. That is absolutely true. Um, I find it really interesting because I got very excited when we put this out on the Patreon site because I thought for sure Lady Gaga was going to win, to be honest. Um, and I have so much to talk about both of these albums because they both happened at like really pivotal points in my life. And so mm. uh, remembering listening to this album um, from a very, very young age, because it came out when I was quite young to being in my early twenties and dancing around to Lady Gaga's, I, I thought this was really, really cool that we put these two um, kind of artists and these particular albums head to head because both of these artists have had this long stream career now and had, you know, various uh, reinventions of themselves. They've both been compared to like each other um, in, in, a, in a positive way. And I think that that's really mm -hmm. interesting. Um, I was a little surprised that Madonna's won, but then I guess I wasn't because you can't really have one without the other because one came, you know, 25, 30 years before, before them. And certainly uh, Madonna uh, has shaped kind of pop has shaped pop culture uh, mm -hmm. and and pop music for for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And they both, um, if you if you look at it, they both have kind of similar career trajectories, right? Uh, they came on in like this like barnstorming kind of fashion uh, onto the music scene. Uh, you know, turned into um, uh, very good actors uh, by all accounts, and then continued on this uh, crazy uh, kind of music career. But uh, today we're talking about Madonna. So, Michaela, who is Madonna? Madonna Louise Ciccone was born in Bay City, Michigan, 1958. Uh, moved to New York City in 1978 to start a career in modern dance. Uh, but when you're doing modern dance, so what you really want to do is be a drummer for a band. So that's what she did. She became a drummer for the band Breakfast Club uh, before leaving to form the band Emmy and Emmy with her boyfriend at the time, Stephen Bray. Now, uh, Madonna and Stephen wrote a lot of songs together, and a lot of those songs ended up on this very album. Uh, Madonna's first solo album, Madonna, was released in 1983 and did pretty good. It uh, kind of appeared on the Billboard charts, but kept climbing and climbing, and it climbed all the way to number eight um, in October of 1984. So like a full year after it released, like it was still climbing up the Billboard charts. And then uh, about a month after that, Like a Virgin came out, November 12th, 1984. Uh, so that is kind of the career trajectory getting Madonna started up to this point. And it's safe to say that Like a Virgin uh, was very pivotal in creating Madonna as the Madonna that we know and love today. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's there's a couple of iconic looks uh, from, from a stylistic perspective. Um, and one came for Madonna and one came directly from the album cover of, or of this um, album where she's got like this lacy kind of bustier 
um, look in wedding dress things. She's got these lace gloves. That was all the rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all virginal and white, but because it's also kind of lacy and see-through, it's also not virginal at all. And um, what I find really interesting is today, like if you look at wedding dresses of today and we are at 2023, we finally had it. Like, <laughs> because nobody could actually have a wedding dress where back in the eighties, I feel like that looked like that. Um, mm-hmm. I never saw any normal person have a wedding dress that looked like that, but now it is all the rage to have like literally a bustier lace looking thing that's almost completely see-through on top you see like the boning and stuff, just like in the album cover. And uh, maybe it doesn't have the boy toy belt buckle, but um, uh, this look and this iconic like idea of being like super innocent and sweet, but yet really not. And very highly like uh, a woman uh, in her own kind of sexual power and claiming her what she wants. And I, I really loved that kind of, the way that that was an onslaught for and a feast for the eyes and the ears for impressionable youths like myself in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because it came around a time where you had all of this uh, uh, very like hair metal bands, uh, which were, you know, kind of these over sexualized, um, you know, uh, groups of uh, of men performing in this way. So it was, it was interesting and it was bold for a woman to be doing it um, in 1984. And Madonna definitely, you know, took the lead in that sense and was very unapologetic about it, uh, which makes Madonna, Madonna. Uh, but before we get into the album, Michaela, what we really need to do is mix up a couple of cocktails that pay homage to the material girl herself. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip up a couple of drinks. So Brian, we're doing two drinks. Uh, we're making two cocktails uh, today. Uh, like we you are. said, to pay homage to Madonna and this amazing album. Uh, these cocktails come from Table Magazine. And the first one is uh, aptly called The Material Girl. That's right. Yeah, we're going to start with The Material Girl because that's the way the album starts. And uh, this one is a pretty good, pretty good. Um, it is a riff on an apple teeny, um, which is which is a very nice version of a martini, I have to say for myself. Um, and uh, this one is going to feature some gold luster dust because, uh, you know, if you're living in a material world, uh, you got to have some gold in there for sure. So let's uh, whip one of these up. It's uh, it's pretty simple, but you're going to have to do a little bit of work to get these syrups made. So let's start with that. So um, I made these simple syrups uh, there. I'll put the link to the recipe here in the show description, but you're going to need a green apple syrup and a ginger uh, simple syrup. Uh, You're going to make these basically the same way. So just make your uh, simple syrup. I think I did a half a cup of water, half a cup of sugar um, in each of these. The ginger one, I just peeled and kind of sliced up some ginger, put that in, uh, let it steep for about 20 minutes before I bottled it. The uh, green apple simple syrup, uh, same kind of thing, half cup of sugar, half cup of water. But I took the the peels and the core from a Granny Smith apple, uh, put those in, let that steep, and it kind of pulled all that flavor out of the out of the peel and stuff like that um you know straighten that out bottle it up and good to go there are your simple syrups so let's uh go ahead and throw the cocktail together Michaela. all right we're gonna take two ounces of tito's vodka uh, half an ounce of the green apple simple syrup that we just made half an ounce of our ginger simple syrup two ounces of fresh pressed apple juice um and more on that in a minute two dashes of ginger bitters and then you're gonna add an eighth of a teaspoon of edible gold luster dust. You can find that on like Amazon. You can find it um, anywhere where like a specialized in the baking aisle of your grocery store. Um, Mm -hmm. You do not need a lot. So I I mean, if an eighth looks like too much for you, that's fine. Just a pinch works too. Uh, Less is more with the gold uh, luster dust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The eighth, the eighth was quite a bit. We, uh, we made both of ours, uh, 
you know, yesterday, Michaela, when we were putting these together, um, we used an eighth kind of in the first one, we used roughly like half of that um, in the second one. Um, and I think probably somewhere kind of between that would have been the sweet, the sweet spot for us. Um, but yeah, go ahead and play around. And I suppose they probably have different uh, potencies uh, of, of lustering, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Um, so you're going to put all this together uh, in a shaker tin. You can and then put it in a in a nice chilled glass. Uh, that luster dust is going to create this beautiful like gold look to it. It's going to look very uh, bougie. It's going to look very very fancy, um, and it's going to taste like I, I don't know the, the richness of apple in this was just so bright and mm. outstanding. It was a little on the sweet side for me. Um, I think. I would have liked maybe a little bit more of the ginger syrup versus the green apple syrup um, mm-hmm. to, to, to cut some of the sweetness. But my gosh, this, if you like apple teenies, this is your drink. And it's absolutely beautiful with the gold kind of uh, swirling around in the drink. It's very much something that you think like a millionaire uh, version <laughs> of like, uh, like diamonds are a girl's best friend was the riff of the video that that Madonna did right, and that's exactly that's right. what I'm thinking. I'm like she should be dripping in diamonds in her pink dress, like with this in her hand, taking sips out of it. Absolutely, yeah. It looked like something you would probably get like on the red carpet at the at the uh, Grammy Awards, right? You're going in, they're like, here is your material girl cocktail. Uh, have that and enjoy. It was it was very delicious. It was real apple forward. Um, yeah, I too would have liked a little bit more of the ginger uh, simple syrup, or um, maybe even something like swapping out the Tito's for like uh, like a Fireball or something like that would make a really nice kind of uh, appley like fall. Uh, version of this drink that would be really good but uh, that was a material girl it was really good give it a try um the second one we've got here is a version of a white uh, cosmo uh and it is the like a virgin it is it is a uh, this uh this beautiful white color right so you think of a cosmo you think of that that blush like pinkish uh red sort of thing this one's white uh very innocent looking uh just like <laughs> like a virgin like the like the title uh is right here but you're gonna need a couple of uh fun fancy vodkas here and i have to say i'm not a big fan of flavored vodkas generally speaking, but these ones were pretty good. Yeah, they, they were. Uh, you were able to find uh, the absolute Mandarin vodka and absolute lime vodka. Uh, the Mandarin one was very surprising because I thought it was going to be basically taking a, a sip of orange candy and it was not. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, so you're going to take an ounce and a half of uh, both of those and then you're going to add an ounce and a half of Cointreau to a shaker, um, an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, and then five ounces of white cranberry juice. Now, we looked high and low. We found kind of a white cranberry peach because uh, that's mm-hmm. what we could find um, and it tasted fine. I think as long as it's white and you're not going with the regular cranberry juice, you're going to be in in the realm of where you need to be for this drink. Um, so you're going to put that all in a shaker tin. That's a lot. So be careful. Don't add too much ice. Don't get it everywhere. Don't make the mistakes I made. Okay, learn from me. You're going to shake that up. You're going to put those into two uh, martini glasses because this is enough to make two drinks. Um, if you heard that, it, there's four and a half ounces of alcohol in this. So definitely two drinks, people. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, and then you're going to garnish it with a long lemon twist and uh, and a maraschino cherry if you've got it, because, you know, you know, there you go. Absolutely. That's right. So that is the like a virgin uh, white Cosmo. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, you know, we mentioned the, the fresh pressed apple juice and the white cranberry juice. Um, depending on the time of year and where you're at in the world, those might be easier or harder to find. 
Um, just use whatever kind of, you know, good quality apple juice you can find. And the white cranberry juice, um, yeah, like like we said, uh, we used like this white cranberry peach. Um, you could obviously use just plain white cranberry. You could probably even get by with some white grape juice um, if you are in a pinch. So uh, give those a try. They were really good and they pair perfectly uh, with what I think of when I think of Madonna's Like a Virgin album. So let's do this, Michaela. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go uh, Material Girl, I think. Uh, we'll mix you up a Like a Virgin. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to chat about uh, Madonna's uh, second album, Like a Virgin. Be right back. All right, Michaela, we are living in a material world and you are a material girl. So let's go ahead and get this uh, thing started off. So we're talking Madonna's 1984 album, Like a Virgin. Uh, Michaela, take it away. Number one, Material Girl. Uh, you'd mentioned that you uh, started listening to this album at, as a very young girl. Um, and I assume, like most people, uh, when you think of Madonna, this is the song you think of, right? Oh, yeah. At least it was for me. I mean, I listened to this song and I saw the music video um, before I ever saw Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, right? And so um, I, I think it's important because the music video itself uh, came out on VH1. Uh, we were a VH1 family versus an MTV family. I don't quite mm. understand the ins and outs of that. But uh, but I do remember seeing this where at the beginning, she's got these jewelry and this, uh, and she's like, look, I think these are real diamonds. And this guy, I don't even know if I like him, but you know, he's, he's definitely uh, giving me all the gifts. And, and then she kind of breaks out into song and then, um, and so every time I hear it, I always visualize the video uh, since then. Um, when this, she's dancing around and she's got diamonds and she's in the same kind of pink dress and um, really just iconic Madonna. I mean, I don't think, I think this song, when it came out, it skyrocketed her. Uh, and then when Like a Virgin came out, like right after that, it just uh, really solidified where she was going to be in 1980s pop because this song, I mean, all the girls were singing it on the playground and I was like seven. I mean, it was just <laughs> real, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> mm. At least they weren't singing like a virgin. I think that that was probably proud upon, but I mean, it was, it was all a thing. It was like, I'm a material girl. There were, um, I don't know if you remember, but they were like material girl pins that you could put on your backpacks and, mm. um, like and they were like pink hearts with like diamonds on them and stuff it was really it was all the thing definitely i have to say that i did miss the backpack pin but i did not miss uh material girl because this song was huge it was the second single off of the album uh made it to number two on the uh, usa billboard charts and it was the top five song in australia belgium ireland japan united kingdom and canada uh the song was a big deal um Everyone's heard Material Girl, right? Um, and it basically created Madonna as we know her and love her today. Um, and I I really like kind of the line, right? The song obviously is about Madonna, um, you know, living living this uh, Material Girl kind of life. But it kind of turns it on its head at the end um, when she says, experience has made me rich and now they're after me. Uh, there you go. Everyone was going to follow the trends set by Madonna for the next, I don't know, like four decades. So good on you, Madonna. Let's get into track number two, Angel. This is the third single. Um, and they actually canceled the music video for it because MTV already had so many Madonna music videos going on. They just decided to not even bother making one because why bother spending that money if you don't need to? Um, it kind of starts with this laugh that Madonna has, which is kind of fun. Um, and there's like this little like pre-chorus thing where Madonna's saying like, you must be an angel and her voice kind of bottoms out. She has a really crazy like vocal range on this album, which is kind of surprising. Not something that you really associate with Madonna, but her voice is all over the place. So uh, track number two, Angel. 
Yeah. Um, so I remember this is one of my favorite songs of the album, uh, believe it or not. Um, as a kid, I thought it was amazing that there could be somebody that was like, got, had these amazing eyes and there was like an angel on earth. And um, it's a theme that, that probably began here. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't even realize it until I listened to this album for the sake of the podcast. Um, but she's talking about how um, th there's, there's just, there's someone very special and there's no one like this person and they do these amazing things or they are this amazing kind of savior-esque person to Madonna when she's singing the song. Um, I think, I think you're right. Um, as far as her vocal range, you know, Madonna, I, in the early days, it was like what Madonna was very, I don't know, considered like the very pop. Right. And so pop mm -hmm. generally uh, you think of that, it's a higher register. Um, but some of the most beautiful lyrics and some of the most beautiful melodies that uh, she has ever done have really played on uh, the lower parts of uh, her, her kind of tenor Um and vocal range and it's really awesome because in this song you see kind of both happening and that's kind of neat um it's still very poppy and you know the lyrics aren't uh that you know it's it's i don't know i think that it was it's very plays on like the simplicity of it um mm -hmm. but with the synthesizers in the back and some of the some of the kind of the quirky uh, token 1980 drum beats I, it works for me i really do like this song <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's fun yeah it is, it is fun yeah absolutely so that is track two angel uh, and then we get into the title track here like a virgin um it is the lead single from the album um you know the the song here and the album uh photography uh it really plays off that uh juxtaposition rights of uh the catholic madonna you know the virgin mother um and the madonna from detroit uh you know uh detroit city usa um that's thriving on this controversy and sexuality um she's singing in this falsetto kind of throughout which is which is really good and really impressive and probably why she doesn't perform the song uh very often now as we get older that is harder to uh harder to pull off for an entire entire song but it is it's really neat and um it's this uh really i, I don't know obviously it's it's a tale of like this this kind of like like first love and uh a kind of thing um and obviously you think of it and it has kind of this you know sexual overtone uh to it but i think that um, kind of in our minds and in our memory, it's way more over-sexualized than the actual song really is. So I think at the time that that was being pulled almost entirely because it was Madonna that was performing it. Had anyone else sang the song, I think it largely would have flown under the radar. But when Madonna sings it, it takes on a whole new meaning for people. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree. I mean, I think the idea, um, and this was kind of a theme in um, a couple of things that happened in like the 80s, right? Um where uh, w whether you were watching something or listening to something, there were lots of uh, songs uh, talking about um, like the first time you are with somebody, it feels uh, like, or it feels like the first time. Um, and that that that's really interesting to me because this song she's wearing, I mean, obviously we're gonna talk about the music video because that was huge too. She was wearing uh, this, this, wedding dress that definitely looked like it was half on and half off. Um, mm -hmm. 
but the idea of this song was that she was not a virgin, right? She had been through all this horrible stuff before. And then she was with somebody who made her feel like new and renewed and shiny and special. And I, that actually is really beautiful. Um, and so I think you're right. I think this, this was highly sexualized given that the fact that it was Madonna, um, the video certainly didn't help. Um, you know, when Madonna went out on concert and she basically wore that dress, uh, all over the stage and was dancing and, um, that probably helped to keep it very sexualized as well. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know this song. I still, it's, it's hard not to love it. Uh, and I think it keeps in time. I mean, it's not, a, it's, it, gosh, how old is this now? F almost 40. Mm -hmm. And it's still a song that I think really resonates. The, the beat still, uh, really good. And the lyrics still make me think of, I don't know that idea. And now that I'm older, it's like, Oh, <laughs> it means so much more than when you're 17 and you're actually a virgin, right. Being like, right. this feels like a virgin. And now you're older and you're like, Oh, that that's really special. That love. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you get a lot of that imagery, um, like you mentioned there, kind of kind of playing off of like those, those church themes and um, sexualizing that it's, she's holding like that, uh, that string of like pearls uh, kind of around her wrist uh, uh, akin to the way you'd hold like a rosary and stuff. So it's playing a lot of, of that imagery. There was, there was a lot of uh, knowing what was going on there when they were putting that together. And uh, that of course was the, the lead single and uh, title track here for this album. Uh, then we get into over and over. Um, this song is uh, pretty fun. I don't have a uh, lot to say. It's got this little like synth note that keeps going, uh, keeping time throughout the whole thing, which uh, sounds awesome. <laughs> I think uh, the intro to the sound, the song, it comes on, like I'm listening to it. I'm like, this sounds totally like some 80s teen sitcom, like a theme <laughs> song. I love it uh, so much. Um, the song's pretty long. It's probably like a minute too long, uh, to be honest, but uh, it's positive and fun. And who cares that it's too long? I don't care. Uh, I think it's great over and over. Uh, it and you just get up again over and over. over, and I, over. I think you're right. Um, I would wake up uh, and get ready to this song. So I totally he see what you mean uh, when at the very beginning when she's like, "Hurry up! I just can't wait." And it's um, <laughs> it's so great. Um, mm -hmm. What I what I also like about it is she's talking to someone. You assume it's a, a guy, like a love interest, um, and it's saying, "You try to criticize my drive. If I lose, I don't feel paralyzed. It's not the game; it's how you play. And if I fall, I get up again." I think that that is something that you know it sounds very poppy but again this this piece of lyric really is ground its way into me um listening to this over and over again and i think madonna has had to get up again over and over she is like the epitome mm -hmm. of reinventing herself and pivoting and changing with the world and leading the change uh in all things pop culture i mean she created that i mean everybody thinks of her as the first person to to do that um in in pop so i i think that this song really again it's very poppy but the meaning behind it is is a lot more deep than maybe it gets a lot of credit for um mm -hmm. but i really like this because it it again it goes the registry of her voice is up and down in this one as well just like an angel and so she kind of takes these deeps the kind of these I don't know how to explain it. Like her voice dips and then it gets back up again during the chorus. I don't know. Yeah, I like this one. 
Yeah, absolutely. Over and over. Uh, and then we get to- It is uh, a little love... long. I think you're right, though. It is, it is a little, it is a little, a little long. long. It's, it's, it's a little long. It's okay. Um, love Don't Live Here Anymore, track number five. Um, this is the pop ballad for the album um, I really like. And this is kind of the first um, instance here on this album, which happens a couple times on the on the uh, B side of the album. Um, but it actually starts on the chorus, uh, which, again, is something we're going to see later in the album a couple of times, too, which is interesting. Uh, it's getting that hook in uh, right away, right? So you abandon me. Uh, love Don't Live Here Anymore. Just a vacancy love don't live here anymore um we already kind of talked about at the top um kind of the influence um in you know who would become uh lady gaga um i think if you like updated the way that the synthesizers sound in this modernized it a bit this totally sounds like a lady gaga song i think like lady gaga could totally sing the song um and it would be amazing um i really like uh kind of this the digital strings uh that are through here um in the song and like i'm listening to this and this song is just dripping like this uh neon lit crime noir uh, feel um i i really love it uh it's it's so great love to live here anymore uh good job yeah i love the lyrics you are the windmills of my eyes everyone can see the loneliness inside of me why'd you have to go away don't you know i miss you so and need your love it's um you know, Madonna doesn't do a lot of uh, kind of these vulnerable, like I'm sitting here on the floor crying my eyes out. I think that that is not her thing. Um, this song does it though, right? Like where she, I remember listening to this song in uh, my Walkman in the car. Um, and I remember thinking about what what is the worst way someone could leave you. And I, you know, I was young. So I had like a doll that I played with. And I was like, what if someone left like a woman and her child? And um, I mean, it brought up all these really visceral ideas of being lonely and alone and just desperate. Um, and it did that when I was like seven. <laughs> so uh, really amazing. I mean, I, I'm so glad they brought this song back. They did this... Um, uh, I think it was called Remember Me. There was an album that was just ballads and they re-brought it back mm, mm -hmm. um, and and uh, did a whole video on it and everything. It was really, really cool. So I, if you haven't checked that out, I, I recommend doing that because it's it's really cool. But I think this is like an unsung hero of this album. I love it. Um, and it's a little repetitive. It does, you know, it's a, like this one is probably a little bit long, but I really love the way that it was put together because it's just very dark and vulnerable and she just doesn't get that way very often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has this uh, beautiful sounding kind of aesthetic that I uh, really, really liked here on this album. Um, and that's where the first side ends. So, Michaela, let's take a quick album break here to go mix up ourselves another cocktail because we had two this week. So uh, let's go ahead and do that and chat a little bit about uh, like a virgin the album here so Michaela uh, you mentioned that you heard this uh, pretty young everyone heard it apparently uh, there were pins for backpacks which I didn't know about but that's okay I did know about all the singles here but apparently people knew about this album uh, as a whole because this one certified diamond that's 10 million copies sold good job uh, like a virgin um, it sold like 2 million copies in the first month so like by Christmas that year they already sold 2 million of these. Uh, that is insane. Uh, that is crazy. And that's the kind of like jet propulsion that you don't see. That's like a, a once in a lifetime uh, kind of thing. So uh, good on you, Madonna. Um, this one was also one of the first albums to be recorded entirely digitally. Uh, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty groundbreaking uh, kind of stuff there. But it's, it's hard to like fathom like a selling 10 million copies of an album. But how that would just, you know, 
propel you into like the stratosphere, right? To to go on to uh, act in Dick Tracy, which was with this uh, high budgeted film uh, just a couple years after after this released, and um, on and on and on. You know, Madonna's won seven Grammys now, and it all kind of started here uh, with this just explosion of uh, I don't know of an album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Madonna gets. Uh, there's so many interviews and things where, you know, in the, in the mid early eight, in the mid eighties, where she's being asked questions about how, you know, her, her personal life and some of the music ideals. I mean, she, this really catapulted her career uh, and solidified her. Um, and I think it happened very, very fast. Um, and she's really young. I mean, she was in her early twenties when this was going on. I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but I don't know how I would have handled that kind of fame. It's a little bit different than today um, because, uh, but it's also more daunting because in order to sell 2 million albums today, um, that's probably a lot easier because people, all they have to do is press a button on their phone. Um, to do that in two months, in 1984, that I think, uh, and the amount of effort that that would take on, uh, upon two million times is mm. really lost on us if unless we really take a minute to think about it. And the fact that uh, she had to kind of maintain her life and 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 um, her sense of brand and her sense of self and also you know, go through whatever on a personal level she was going through. I think that's just, it's just amazing that we're still around talking about um, albums that she's done for years after this. I mean, this album's almost 40. She's been making music for um, that long. I mean, she's still, she was just at uh, the Grammys, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, it's just a complete icon, kind of a an anthem of musical kind of talent that we've gotten to see. And this was like the first time it, it kind of hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because um, in reading kind of a lot of this stuff and preparing for the podcast this week, um, a, a lot of the like the firsthand tellings of this really likened it to the Beatles, uh, the way that the Beatles were huge. Um, and it's that same kind of thing, because, you know, there you could look at a lot of uh, albums that, that sell super well, but, you know, it's almost like a like a flash in the pan kind of thing. But to sell that many albums, you know, not only here in the United States, but to sell that many albums uh, everywhere around the world and then to still be relevant and uh, talked about and make movies. You know, we mentioned Madonna has won seven Grammys, but she didn't even win her first until, um, you know, um, like six years, I think, after this one, uh, uh, this album came out. So um, it's it's incredible to me to do that and how like you could come out like so like white hot and onto the scene and not, you know, flame out. But to have this uh, longevity of a career uh, is just absolutely uh, fascinating and astonishing. And uh, you definitely can feel like the roots, right? Like um, I mentioned in that, you know, kind of the that line from uh, Material Girl, right? Experiences made me rich and now they're after me uh, very much, um, you know, turned uh, the industry on its head, turned what uh, people kind of expected of popular music, of uh, female pop stars, um, you know, she set she set the the standard, like quite literally the gold standard of what it meant to be to do these things. Um, and everyone else was just playing catch up with her uh, from the time that this uh, this album came out. So uh, pretty, pretty epic stuff. So glad to be chatting about this one, Michaela. Um, never seen Madonna in concert. That seemed like it would be uh, something fun to do. I don't know how much touring she really um, is doing uh, anymore, but it's always great when you get to see her perform um, and things like the Grammys and the you know VMAs and stuff like that. That's always uh, definitely a, a good time. Uh, did you ever make it out to see Madonna? 
Madonna or any other Madonna stories you want to share before we get back into the album? No, I have never actually seen her in concert. I think the one time I was going to, it got rained out. Um, so we didn't end up getting to go when she came to, to Texas. Even Madonna <clears throat> but- can't control the weather. And she cannot. And and she needed to, because I think that was the tour where she was out on that animatronic arm thing. Uh, so we really did not need to electrocute anybody there. Um, yeah, I, I remember this album very viscerally. Uh, my family took a trip to New Mexico, um, probably in like 1987, maybe 1988. And it was the summertime. It was the last family vacation my parents took before they divorced. So it was so much fun. I can't even tell you how fun it is when your parents' marriage is dying right in front of you. Um, So I listened to this album in the backseat of a 1984 uh, Oldsmobile Delta 88 uh, over and over and over again. Um, And it was really kind of an escape for me that summer. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's weird listening to the album in order because I had a Walkman, so I wasn't able to listen to it um, um, as a record. But when we talk about consuming music, right, and how you always consume music that way, I haven't in a very long time because I've I've been listening to music digitally. But I remember listening to this album and feeling like the ups and downs of every song, and thinking about um, you know it brings to mind my my parents who are you know in the front seat of the car, my brother who's next to me, and then like looking looking at the the countryside of New Mexico, which is kind of strange. Um, But I mean, this this brings me right back. And I think we, you know, Cassia, one of our Patreon members kind of talks about uh, that in in other albums. Um, Mm. It's amazing how this 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 whole album was pivotal in terms of pop, but it was also pivotal to me in terms of what I thought about relationships and what I uh, thought about being a strong woman was. So yeah, those are my those are my parting thoughts, I guess, <laughs> before we talk about um, dress you up. That's right. Yeah, we are uh, we are getting ready to uh, drop the needle here on side number two, and that gets us started. Uh, track six, dress you up. Uh, this was the last single from the album. They added it uh, really late um, in the game in terms of the album. Uh, this one has a guitar solo in it, uh, which is pretty rad. Pretty rad, I gotta say. Um, this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, I love it because kind of the hook, the "When I Dress You Up in My Love" hook is so boss. I put here in my notes. I think Manana would approve of that. Um, in nineteen eighty four, for for sure. Um, doing some uh, digging on this song. Apparently, this song got a lot of flack for the sexual innuendo i'm reading through the lyrics here myself i say that is a bit of a stretch um so i think that that innuendo again is placed because madonna is the one singing it um really like the song dress you up it's it's a good one uh, again everyone knows the song you might not even like associate it like when i was looking at the track list i read it it didn't even like strike a chord with me but i listened to it i'm like oh yeah love this song yeah yeah, I can't I can't imagine. I don't know why the, they would give this one flack and not and not some of the others, to be honest, because I, think I mean, unless I'm, flack. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, Madonna was writing about sex. I mean, she was uh, we, we can get over it if a guy in the same. I mean, you're talking about this, right? Where like this was hairband central and mm-hmm. guys can talk about pouring sugar on them. And we all know what we're talking about there. Right. Like mm-hmm. she can't talk about being dressed up in someone's love, whatever. Um, I like this one. I, I think this was a really great um way if you're going to listen to the whole album it we needed something more uplifting after love don't live here anymore and this did that right it definitely you were you know down bottom of the barrel really sad this totally brings you back up um it's kind of got the same register to me as like angel and so it's got the the synthesizing and um 
it's, it's just this very, like all is happy and everything is good. And when you're falling in love with someone, you're just, you just want to be, you know, everything to them and you want to be everywhere they are and you want to just cover them up with a you. And it's, it, I don't know. I really like this one. And I, I think it's fairly, I mean, especially now it's fairly innocent <laughs> the way that it's talking about. It's just talking about kissing someone all over their body. It's not nearly as, as bad as some of the, the lyrics that we have now. No, that's right. Yeah. Parents just don't understand. That is the recurring theme here uh, for sure. We get into uh, track seven, Shooby Doo. Uh, this one is written fully by Madonna. Uh, she wrote a bunch of these songs uh, on the album, but this was the one that uh, was all her. This was all her. This was the B-side single uh, to dress you up. So good job there. Um, I like the the verses in this one better than the chorus, uh, which is interesting because uh, generally the chorus is what you think of, of that hook uh, part of a song, especially, you know, in kind of like pop uh, music, right? That's uh, the chorus is where you're going to get the hook. But I really like kind of the hook uh, more so in the chorus uh, section. Um, and I think that's probably the only time that I would say that applies here um in this um it it seems like maybe she kind of kind of wrote it that way and wrote the hook into the chorus because um you know or into the verses because you know the chorus is this uh shooby-doo uh, kind of thing so it's kind of interesting um way to way to write a song i guess and to record a song um there's also a saxophone solo and who doesn't love a saxophone solo uh everyone in 1984 loved it for sure so yeah absolutely yeah, this, I think uh, you hit it. Um, this song, I really like the lyrics. Um, some, some of the, the idea that um, I can see you've been hurt before, don't compare them to me. Um, I think it gets lost a little bit in the shooby-doos, but I do like, this reminds me of like, like the 50s kind of doo-wop, right? And this mm -hmm. is a very like 80s version, like if you were going to do, uh, you know, uh, don't know why or something like that from the 80s or from the from the 50s and 60s and you were gonna try and modernize that a little bit I see kind of maybe that's where she was going with this um mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. and and her again her voice registry is really high on it um which leads me to kind of think of like the Shirelles or um maybe like Dion back in 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 that earlier time frame of what this was maybe trying to do and, and be sort of a ballad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it has kind of a kind of a ballady feel uh, kind of almost through there before you get into like that shooby doo section uh, kind of to the end. Um, but yeah, and again, alto sax or saxophone solo solo. That sounds great to me. Um, oh, let's yeah. get into let's get into track number eight, Pretender. Um, here is another instance of the song opening with the chorus. Um, it's it's kind of like the act, absolute like flip side of the coin from that uh, that song earlier that you love so much, Michaela Angel. Um, I think um, I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is like the complete opposite of that, right? You fell in love with this guy, yeah. but then then my wheels started turning. I'm like, maybe Pretender and Angel were the same guy. Who knows? Could be fell head over heels for this guy who she thought was an angel broke her heart maybe it's the same kind of thing this is definitely a cautionary tale sort of a song um and then it kind of gets into this end section where she's just repeating uh you lied it's it's almost like pained sounding of this uh of this pop song um but i i really like it and and yeah in my my like head canon of madonna is like a virgin uh angel and a pretender same person yeah yeah i kind of that's interesting that's an interesting theory um you're probably not wrong um and that to me this song comes right before 
from an emotional standpoint, right before Love Don't Live Here, because she's real angry in this one, right? She's like, you, I told my friends, you, I mean, I think there's references to him cheating on her because they say, I should, I know I should take my friend's advice because if it happened once, you know, it happens twice. Mm -hmm, um, if there's mm -hmm, a chance mm -hmm. that I know I've got to try, I'll make him dance with me. I'm going to, so she's really indignant. She's like, I'm going to make him tell me why, why did he lie? Why did he pretend? Uh, and so she's, she's in her power here because she's still real mad about it. It's a step before like love don't live here anymore, where she's literally like, Oh, you just abandoned me and I'm alone and please come back. Um, right. This, this is a real good, I, I remember, uh, <laughs> this is not good to listen to when your relationship is on the rocks. Don't do that. Or when your parents' relationship is on the rocks, don't do that. Um, uh, or, or do do it and, and, you know, work through it the way, the way Madonna does, because I think this one was so much like, I really was surprised that there was another song at the, at the end of this. Um, Cause mm. I thought that this was a really kind of the finality with which this song ends. Um, I remember listening to this and then feeling like the very last one uh, was sort of uh, kind of just a kind of an ad hoc. Well, we gotta, we gotta put it somewhere on this album. It kind of doesn't feel the same. Um, hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Because I don't feel that way at all about nope. our closing track, track number nine, Stay. Um, this is the obviously the closing song to the album. Um, I think, you know, kind of if you look at the album as a whole um, and try to kind of kind of pin down like the story of the album, you know, it's it's kind of this telling of like this intense, passionate, lustful uh, kind of relationship uh, that Madonna's having, um, you know, with this with this person or or people or something like that. And um, you can kind of look at a lot of those songs and, you know, look at those relationships and thing as, you know, kind of like kind of like a fling sort of thing where one party is more interested um, in that than the other. But I really like stay here because it kind of gives uh, that relationship a little bit more legs, uh, a little bit more sense of longing uh, to that. Um, and I think that really the closing of the song is really kind of powerful and in, in the way that I was interpreting it, because it's almost like Madonna here at this point is uh, kind of summarizing the album and then talking to us that she just really wants to be loved. Uh, the outro of the song, uh, you know, you've got to stay. I can make you love me, love me, love me, love me. And it's almost like she's talking directly to the person listening to this album. I need you to be here because I need to be loved by you. Huh. Well, color me, color me changed because I, I never thought about it that way, Brian. Um, that, no, that, but that's really great. That's why we, we do this. Right. Um, cause honestly, for me, it was like right after the pretender song, it was like, ah, he's a jerk. Don't, you don't need him to stay. That's why I was like this, I, just to stay angry, <laughs> stay angry, be really sad. Don't be begging him to come back. He's a pretender. Um, so that, but again, that's me listening to this at seven where they're all kind of the same story. Maybe that's not really the case. Michaela um, chooses violence in this situation. <laughs> I just choose not to beg somebody who doesn't mm. love you to love you. Uh, maybe that's it. But I do think that that's a really interesting idea, right? Where um, if this was uh, about, you know, the same kind of relationship and will, we don't know, right? So yeah, like she has this moment uh, where she's begging this person to to stay, and I don't know if that is entirely healthy. And it's seven. I was like, that's I don't I don't I don't like I didn't like that. But um, being in a position where she was stylistically with her art, maybe you're right. Like I never thought of it as her asking the audience to love her. 
um, mm-hmm. because she herself is feeling unloved. And I think that when you talk about some of the best performers and and singer songwriters and uh, and entertainers uh, in the world, their need to be loved by their audience far outweighs their need to be loved by like person in their sure. inner circle almost. They have to love uh, this this idea of performing or singing or writing or whatever it is that they're doing. They their their love for their art form uh, and their need to be. Um, seen in that way and recognized in that way is far more than us mere mortals are like, well, I just want a person to hold my hand and and pick out furniture with, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's very different. Um, And so I, I, man, that really opened my eyes. So yeah, Yeah, good idea. Especially because you have to look through it at the lens, right? You know, I listened to this, you know, a couple times this week and every time I listen to it, Madonna is Madonna right? Like everyone in the whole world knows who Madonna is. But when this album came out, that wasn't the case, right? Uh, Madonna wasn't Madonna yet. Uh, she was she was just Madonna with her. This is her second album. You know, we'll see how she goes from here. And uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of talks about the recording of this album and how uh, she was trying to kind of wrangle as much control from, you know, the 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 record uh, executive studios and things uh, like that. So yeah, so so to me, like I was listening to it, and I'm like, Oh, it's totally like, like, uh, uh, you know, just uh, making your case, right? Please, please uh, love me. And she just keeps repeating it. And um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great way to to end the album. So maybe go go back and uh, listen to it again, Michaela, maybe you'll, uh, you'll uh, uh, take a look at it from a from a different perspective, for sure. So uh, that is the album, uh, Like a Virgin. Um, this was a really good one. Uh, like, like I mentioned, we had the vote between kind of this and, and Lady Gaga up on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash shrink the movies if you want to go and uh, participate in the votes and bonus episodes, all that kind of kind of fun stuff. And I wasn't really sure uh, how it was going to go. But uh, like I said, at the top, you can definitely uh, you definitely never get the fame without Like a Virgin. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think um, I think I've said it about a million times, but um, I'm interested in your perspective, Brian. Do you remember hearing this album in its entirety? Um, Obviously, it was all over the place when we were in Mm -hmm. our formative years. But um, what was your first kind of uh, introduction to Madonna? Was it with this album? Was it with Like a Virgin or was it later? Yeah, so... um... You know, so I'd have to have to go out on a little bit of a limb, but I'm going to assume that probably the first uh, Madonna album or Madonna song that I ever heard was probably Material Girl. Um, like I said, that's kind of the one I associate. I think most people probably associate, right? If if you ask ten people on the street, you say, "Hey, uh, tell me a Madonna song," they're all going to say, "Oh, Material Girl," probably, maybe like a virgin, but probably Material Girl. Um, that was probably my first uh, kind of exposure to it. Um, you know, this this album came out in 1984. How would have been? Uh, at, at the time it released and you and I are about the same age would have been like three years old and one month so uh, definitely too young to have been listening to it uh, right then so um, you know I had a, I had an older brother uh, at the time who probably wouldn't have been uh, super into Madonna I'm guessing um, so I don't I don't think I probably ever heard this album through in its entirety until uh, just listening to it for the sake of the podcast uh, but I mean there's something that's very like magnetic about it because uh, we've been pulling the albums we've been doing like out of my personal vinyl collection. And I had this album on vinyl because there's something magnetic about Madonna's mm-hmm. like a virgin, right? It's, it's this, uh, it's this iconic thing. The, the picture of her on the cover is iconic. The, the songs are iconic and the person that it created, um, is iconic. So, um, it was amazing to listen to it like through its entirety, right? Obviously you're picking out like those five singles that came off of the album. Those are the ones that, that people knew and loved. And, um, it's hard. It's interesting 
to think like people now, you know, still probably are knowing these songs and being exposed to these songs, but uh, the album as a whole, I don't know um, if that's the case, but yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always really liked um, uh, pop music, just kind of generally speaking, I always liked those songs, um, you know, kind of later, like I got more into like Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul, um, which you could say were almost kind of like a byproduct of Madonna's stardom, you know, certainly, you know, Janet Jackson had kind of her uh, family's lineage and stuff. And I think had an album out, I think actually before Madonna's first album, but uh, really kind of kind of propelled her rights and uh, created this platform for female performers uh, to have, you know, with kind of literally the creation of Madonna here in this instance. So yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think I think I think you're right though. Um, and the Library of Congress agrees with you. Uh, just this year, actually, they added the album to the National Recording Registry for preservation in the United States for being a culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant recording. Um, which makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of kind of music historians. I don't know if that's the right term, but that's what I'm going to say. Who mm-hmm. talk about this album being this pinnacle moment for Madonna, um, where, like you said, she became more than just this one hit wonder um and she uh, this was the album where her career um like met with both critical and commercial success um and really just solidified her platform to be able to say the things that she wants to say and if we think about her career as uh as a whole like there was so much more that came after this album that blew mm-hmm. people's minds in a different way right like we could talk about um like a virgin right uh but we can talk about um but there that this there were a lot of other things that happened way after this that um generations younger than us um were like oh i remember that moment when she kissed you know britney spears or i remember mm-hmm. this moment when she did this you know she was on a tour with babyface and um she was in all these other things and um but this was really where it all begins and it's like this uh kind of perfect moment of um kind of the beginning like the the pinnacle um of this mountain that she got to kind of climb over and over again and it's really a it's special album for that reason i think yeah absolutely it is a special album and uh these were a couple of special cocktails we made so uh let us know out at home if you're uh listening along uh, what your favorite madonna track is when you were exposed to uh like a virgin either the album or the singles from it uh let us know what your favorite madonna song is if you've ever seen madonna let us know if you mix up one of these cocktails the like a virgin or the material girl because they were delicious send us pictures we want to see all that stuff you can connect with us on our social medias it's instagram uh and threads is at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies if you want to see you know the episode recaps uh, recipes pictures of our cocktails all that stuff you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com um, if you want to go and vote in our next album poll it's probably already up there on the website it's on the patreon it's patreon.com slash drink the movies we've got bonus content um, we just released a bonus uh, cocktail uh, ninja turtle uh, episode that was a lot of fun uh, to put together and get those drinks put together uh, check out the social media for pictures of those because Michaela took those pictures they're sweet looking uh for sure so go check that out uh, we definitely appreciate it and we definitely appreciate anyone who takes the time uh to leave us a review that helps get the podcast name out there uh for sure it gets us on you know uh up uh, whatever charts and algorithms that they use helps people find the podcast so Michaela where do people need to go do that 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Good Pods. You can find us on uh, Stitcher. There's uh, anywhere where podcasts uh, of Spotify's podcasts are distributed and supported. You can find us uh, wherever you are right now. If you're listening to us and you're liking what you're hearing, we're so excited for that. Uh, press the like button. <laughs> Give us a five-star review. Leave us a review. Tell all your friends. Really helps us get all the Drink the Movies and Drink the Music stuff out there. That's right. And speaking of Stitcher, that is actually going the way of the Dodo. Uh, so if you're listening to us on Stitcher, uh, you're going to have to find a new podcast app, but I guarantee we're going to be on there too. So make sure that you go and uh, subscribe to us, uh, like us on there, all that stuff too. So uh, yeah, that is Madonna's 1984, Like a Virgin. It's a really good time, really fun, uh, really fun to sing and dance and have a good time with. So thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time on Drink, Drink the Music. The Music. You're an angel, baby. You held I that in for it. so long. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>